Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hi, Don. J.J., it's the call to action part of the Story Brand podcast series. it is. If you've been listening, we did the first seven Mm -hmm. weeks of this year. We Mm -hmm. are doing the first seven weeks of this year, covering a different aspect of the seven-part Story Brand framework. Yes. Each episode is designed to help you grow your business through one Paradigm shift. Yes. And today's paradigm shift is you have to call people to action. Yes. People do not take action on their own. You have to call them to action. Here is the fear, JJ, that people have. Go. People don't want to be the guy on television at midnight <laughs> sawing a mattress in half. I'm crazy Larry. <laughs> well, I've lost my mind. I lost my mind, so you don't have to lose your money. <laughs> you know, there was a guy, is a guy in Houston, Texas, and anybody in Houston can testify to this. His name is Mattress Mac. Uh-huh. And Mattress Mac has a store called Gallery Furniture. Yep. And everybody in Houston loves Mattress Mac. He is a <laughs> beloved figure in Houston. And he really got to start doing it wasn't that kind of cheesy ad, but he yeah. definitely like he would have a fan of money in his hand and in his tagline was I'm here to save you money, right? And he yeah. would shake it toward the camera. And he's built this multi-million, tens of millions of dollars in one furniture store yeah. north of Houston out by Intercontinental Airport, George Bush Intercontinental Airport. I think he was going to run for mayor, yeah. but he lived slightly <laughs> outside of the city, and so he couldn't do it. Gives enormous amounts of money away to charity, has courtside seats at the Houston Rockets. He's just a figure yeah. in Houston, and you know... He called us recently, yes. and he <laughs> yeah. did a private <laughs> That's workshop. That's how I know who he is. Yes, <laughs> and I was—I really wanted to go, and my schedule wasn't going to allow it, yeah. and so Tim Arnold went. But, you know, here's the thing that Mattress Mac knows, and it's made him millions. You have to ask people to buy something yes. or they won't buy something. Yes. And we can't be the sort of people who don't. No. When you are passive, JJ, you know this, when you are yeah. passive about selling, what is actually happening in the mind of the customer? They think you're weak. You're not going to be able to help them. Because if I'm going to ask somebody out on a date, right? If I'm going to ask somebody out on a date, it's like, <laughs> That's a great hey, analogy. Like, um, I don't know. What are, what are you doing later? Hey, Do you like um, coffee? Or I, uh, I kind of, like a lot of food spills out of my mouth yeah, when I eat. Gotta, but I don't know if you want to go out with me anyway. I mean, you, you, you probably have to study and I probably have to study. And, That's right. You know, if you have yeah. an attitude yep. of, I am going to bother this person. Yeah then they believe you are bothering them. Yep. But if you have the attitude of, I have a solution to your problem. That can actually help you. That's right. Yeah. Then people are bold. And when I'm asking somebody on a date, that's exactly what I'm saying. I've got a, I've got, <laughs> I've got a solution to your problem. I've got, that's how I got Betsy. BT Dubs. I finally believed I, I can solve this problem. <laughs> your loneliness, <laughs> my manliness. This is going to work out yes. great. <laughs> I am the solution to all your problems, baby. What we want to do in this episode is, first of all, we're bringing in our... New marketing director, yes. Tyler Gim. We stole Tyler. him away from a firm in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He just got on staff. He's been here about a month. Uh-huh. Still settling in. Yes. We're already seeing serious uptick. Yep. Killing it. In our business, and I think part of the reason is Tyler. We're going to bring him in to read. You and I are going to parse. No, uh-huh. I haven't prepared you for this. No. <laughs> we're going to parse one of our emails. You know, nice. like sometimes you'll read a poem and yeah. you'll parse that. We're going to do it with a sales Parsing email. Because <laughs> sales emails are poetry. Yes. <laughs> you really are kind of some fun. They they're beautiful. They're orchestrated very specifically. Yeah. Probably Tyler, in combination with Suzanne, one of our copywriters, yeah. wrote this email, and it's a good email. That email made uh, oh, north of a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Between a quarter million and half a million. Yeah. We're not going to read your whole thing because you'll just steal it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. You have to have some creativity. You, yeah, yeah. you have to bring some part of your brain. Yeah. But we're going to read you the parts and we're going to say, hey, this is why we wrote it this way. And this is why we think it worked and those kinds of things. And so that is coming up. But yeah. before that, JJ, yep. 
pop quiz. Okay. Which I'm, relates to this subject. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Looked at some interesting research this weekend by yeah. an outfit called CEB. Okay. And CEB is a membership organization that basically you, you join their outfit and they analyze your company along with all the other companies who are members. They share best practices and they help people figure things out. Yeah. And they've done a lot of research on what kind of sales consultants work the best. Ooh. Sales reps okay. work the best. So here's the pop quiz. Okay. I'm going to give you five different kinds of sales consultants, okay. sales reps. Yes. And you tell me which one you think performs the best. <gasps> okay. And which one you think performs the, the worst. worst. Okay. Sounds good. And worst. Yes. Now I'm not going to give you the research, and so this is really subjective and yeah. anecdotal. Even though you're about to get a PhD, I don't expect you to do well on this. <laughs> but here they are. One. Okay. The hard worker. Okay. And I'm doing this in random order. Okay. The hard worker. Okay. The challenger. The challenger. The relationship builder. Relationship builder. The lone wolf. Lone wolf. And the reactive problem solver. Reactive okay, problem solver. Okay, so here solver. we go again. Okay. The hard worker. Hard worker. The challenger. Challenger. The relationship builder. Relationship the builder. The lone wolf. The reactive lone problem wolf. solver. Now, okay, problem go solver. with your gut. Which one do you think is going to do the best? The worst. Oh, the Let's worst. Start with worst. Oh, uh, worst. I would say it's lone wolf. That to me, lone wolf. Lone wolf. I would say it's the worst. Yeah. Lone wolf. They say is the kind of sales rep who they're not fond of processes. They kind of do it their own way. Yeah. They're very reactive, strong-willed, and you can go back to them with, "Hey, we've got to have you obey the processes." But they're just never. They're not going to do it. I would say in the short term they're fairly successful. The long term lone wolf worst. I stand yeah, by probably, my answer. You stand I by stand your, by so my answer. Long term worst. Long term worst. Short term they're going to do really well because they're just going to be go getters. But long term they're the worst. Okay. Stand Jenge, by my I'll answer. read them again. Final answer. Final answer. So yep. the lone wolf is the worst. Final answer. What's the best? Best. Who does okay. the best? Can I read them again? Uh, yeah. Okay. We've got the hard worker. Yep. The challenger, yep. the relationship builder, yep. the lone wolf, or the reactive problem solver. Who does the best? The best, I would say, again, I'm thinking long term, I would say right. relationship builder. The relationship builder yep. does the best. So the relationship builder is somebody who obviously loves people, cares about people, yeah. gets to know their clients, builds really solid relationships with them, yes. and long-term relationships with them. Yep. Okay. So relationship builder best, lone wolf worst. Okay. Okay, JJ, yeah. yes. um, you are wrong. I have to I tell mean, doubtful. you, doubtful. I would have said the same thing before this weekend. Yeah. But this weekend, I got smart. <laughs> JJ, the worst, yeah. the relationship builder. What? No freaking kidding. Really? And especially over the long term. They do worse the longer they go. Really? Yes. That's really interesting. That's what the research says. It's 6,000 sales reps, uh -huh. and they did a great job classifying them, figuring out, yeah. one, that there were five kinds, and then figuring out, okay, who performs each of the these best. Yeah, who performs the best. In long-term sales, these are complicated, yeah. you know, think like government buying a big thing or whatever, yeah. complex solution sales, business yeah. to business mostly. Yeah. The relationship builder, they basically have That's a 4% success rate. Really? 96% failure Did they say rate. why? They didn't actually go into why. I mean, I can intuit kind of why after thinking about after it. After thinking about who performed the best and why right. that was different. That's right. And so the number one is the challenger. Interesting. And I mean, that doesn't super shock me. The challenger, 54%. Close rate. Well, it's not necessarily a close rate. They call it a success rate. I don't know yeah. if they mean close or not. This, yeah. You know, I didn't dive into the research like all the way through it. But 54% yeah, yeah. 
you know, success rate is what they called it. 54% for the challenger, 4% for the relationship builder. Yeah. And what's interesting to me, let me read you what they say the challenger salesperson does. Because now everybody's going, okay, what does a challenger salesperson do? Because I yeah, want 54% yeah. Yeah, success yeah. rate. Well, here's what they say. They say it offers the customer a unique perspective has strong two-way communication skills. So there's mm-hmm. where you say this is yeah. not a direct, you know, authoritarian yeah. sort of model. Knows the individual customer's value drivers. Mm-hmm. That's empathy, mm-hmm. right? And can identify economic drivers of the customer's business. Now, yeah. this is interesting because the relationship person would probably say would know their likes and dislikes or know their kids' names. Yeah. Or You see how this is all goal-focused. Yeah. So it's very empathetic and relational, but it's goal-focused. Yeah. It's not you know, let's get to know each other focused. They're also, we're continuing to go here, they're comfortable discussing money. Yeah. So you know what that means? They're comfortable discussing a scoreboard. Yeah. They're comfortable discussing the actual goals and measurable return that you can get off of this transaction. Yeah. They also can, quote, pressure the customer. Yeah. And that brings us to this, you know, what we're talking about today. The call to action. That you've got to call people to action. I want to read those again because I think people are wondering. Offers the customer a unique perspective, has strong two-way communication skills, knows the individual's customer value drivers, can identify economic drivers of the customer's business, is comfortable discussing money, and can pressure the customer. You know who they're describing there? Hmm. The guide in the story brand framework. Yeah. They just go hand in hand. Yes. Because if you think about it, if you don't understand the framework, go get building a story brand and know the difference between the guide and the hero. If you play the hero, you're going to lose. If you play the villain, you're going to lose. If you play the victim, you're going to lose. If you play the guide, you're going to win. Yeah. And the guide basically says, the story's not about me. The story's about you, the hero, and I want to help you win the day. Yep. And in order to do that, Luke, you're going to have to destroy the Death Star, and here's how you're going to have to do it. Yep. And they're not saying... Oh, hey, you don't need to destroy the Death Star. Yeah. Let's hang out. Yeah. Let's get a beer. If you want to. I mean, if you want to, <laughs> it's not a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, partly talking about the money and talking about the measurable return the customer can get, yeah. bringing them a unique perspective is all inviting them to live a different story than the one they're living. Yeah. And that's what it takes. I mean, you have to go into a business and say, this isn't working. Yeah. What if we did it this way? Do you think it would work better? Does that fit your system? Yeah. And then your product becomes a tool that you use to help them live a story in which they defeat the villain and experience a climactic scene. Yeah. Dave Ramsey is here in town. He's become such a generous and kind friend with all of his resources. It's really been great. He is the challenger. Yeah. And people love him for it. Yeah. And part of it is because his heart is not a jerk heart. Yeah. He's not an authoritarian, patriarchal figure. Really, when you get to know him, he's not that. Although I think a lot of people want that. Yeah. <laughs> need that. He's not that. He's a guide. He's sitting there going, my story's great, I'm rich, congratulations, pat on the back, that's boring, let's get you here. Yeah. And he challenges them with a unique perspective about debt and all those kinds of things. And I think that's what we need to do. He calls them to action. He says, you have to move, and here's the steps. Like, he that's gives right. specific steps. That's part of the plan that we talk about. But He's he, absolutely he, great he at it. He believes, and, and I think anybody who has a product that they actually believe is going to move people forward in life, that's going to help people on their journey with whatever that is, whether that is lawn care or helping them become world changers through nonprofit agencies or even getting a better mattress to sleep on. Right. If I have that, it's that same thing. If I have the cure for cancer 
and I know it's there and I just go, I don't offer it to you or don't like say, this is yours. Like this is your way forward to get better. That actually is on me. Yeah. And it's the same thing with when it comes to selling a product or something. If you actually can deliver on your promise to help people move better, you actually, I believe, have a responsibility to call them to action, to yeah. challenge them a little bit to so move too. in that journey. I think so too. And you are remembered and you are positioned in your customer's subconscious as a guide. Yeah. When my first book took off, I for the first time in my life, somebody in our family, and it happened to be me, had money. I mean, yeah. there, there was never any money. Yeah. I think I was almost 30, had my hand out for food stamps before that, yeah, pretty yeah. much, right? Yeah. Decided I was going to completely remodel my mother's house. I did that, and I did such a poor job that her company, which was a, a design firm, actually remodeled it after me to fix all the things that I did, because it turns out I'm a writer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's the thought that counts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the design firm in Houston, Texas. Shout out. A lot of furniture in Houston, Texas yeah. on this episode. They are fantastic. My mom got a job there. They fell in love with her, and they remodeled her house and did it the right way. Yeah. But I tried. You know, I put in wood floors. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought, we need to get rid of all this furniture, and where are we going to go for furniture? And I'm like, gallery furniture. Let's yeah. go to the other side of town. We went to gallery furniture. Walked in, Mattress Mac is standing at the door greeting everybody. I was dumbfounded. I mean, this guy probably spends $2 million a month on advertising. He's he's a celebrity. And he's standing there at his door. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't say, hey, what's your name? How many kids do you have? Let's be close. He didn't. He said, guys, I want to help you fill your house with beautiful furniture. What's going on? Well, my mom needs a whole. We're going to make your mom so happy. It's the challenger approach that just says, hey, I'm not going to pretend like you and I are going to be close. That may happen. That may not. But how are you trying to win? Yep. And how can I help you win? Yep. And I'm going to challenge you into a new perception that's going to help you win. Yep. And I'm telling you, it works. Yeah. Well, we want to help you do that. Yep. By the way, at the end of this podcast episode, I'm going to tell you the one thing that you need to do, and it's a doozy. It's a good one. The one thing that you need to do to make more money as a company, as it relates to calling people to action. Yeah. And you're going to like it. Our guest today is our very own Tyler Ginn. Tyler! Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little about yourself. Introduce yourself, because you may be on many, many times. (laughs) I hope so. I feel like this is a tryout, and I really want you guys to like me. That's that's what I've learned. Challenge us, Tyler. Challenge us. (laughs) I'm successful 4% of the time, and I'm okay with that. 4% ain't bad. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, so like you said. You got to get your volume up. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So here for a month with you guys as a director of marketing, (laughs) and yeah, coming in from Colorado, people get excited about snow here in Nashville. That's a a We got a dusting this week. And, and everybody's so pumped. And yeah, it's just great. But you lived in that. Yes. Yeah, and for a while. How many people do you think we interviewed for the marketing position? A lot. Yeah. And we flew a bunch of people to town. Yep. And I'm sure there were hundreds of applicants. Yeah. Tyler rose to the top. Yep. Yeah. We're very glad that you're here. Yeah. By the way, this is the first specific marketing person we have had in the history of our so marketing good. company. Yes. <laughs> we, we didn't have one before because yes. we all did marketing. Yeah. And then we were like, we woke up and said, we need somebody just to think about this all the time. Yeah. And so Tyler came on. So Tyler, welcome. You come to us from uh, Compassion International, yes, right? Yes, that's right. In Colorado Springs, Colorado, you were saving the world, <laughs> and now you're making small businesses that's more right. money. That's right. Also very important. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing. 
If you learn something from Tyler, and if you grow your business and you make more money, you have to give a small percentage to Compassion, Compassion. International. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we feel bad. We feel bad. We'll know. Taking, yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> we <will> find out. <laughs> there should be an influx of donations right. from Compassion. I hope so. Well, because we stole you from such an important mission, we better make best use of our time yeah. here. Yeah. Tyler, you have an email that we sent out at the end of our recent launch of our online course. So That's right. About every two years, we take about 12 or 13 days, and we do a really organized effort around email campaigns, videos, all sorts of stuff, different kinds of offers to have a boost to send a huge new cohort through our online course. This email that you're going to read, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, you can introduce it, is the final email of about what? How many emails? Yeah, it's about six or seven. So this six is the or final this is day. It. Yeah, we've been running the campaign for two weeks and really kind of setting things up for this final day. We only open up registration to the public ever so often. And so yeah. really, this is the window. We're opening it to the public. And this is your final day to register before that window closes. And so even before we read part of the email, I want to basically read as much as we can of the email. Don't just rip this email off. Understand the principles and nuance it yourself. But I want to read part of it, and JJ and I are going to kind of interrupt. We're going to say, here's why the psychology of why we said that and why we think it works. Real quick, does anybody know what we did on the last day? It was 50% of the launch, and the launch was six, north of 600 grand. So I think this is like a $300,000 email yeah. in the context of a bunch of other emails yeah. and videos and Setting all those all kinds of things. Yeah. Yep, it worked great. Tyler, I will now hand it to you. And we will, DJ and I will read along. Mm -hmm. And do we have a buzzer? <laughs> a buzzer. <too. laughs> just, you want me to just hit my head? And, I'm, <laughs> 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 and if, you, if you give us permission, we will interrupt you and say yes, what we think. Yes, as often the as The final like. email, the $300,000 email, I think we can safely call it that. <laughs> and let's talk about it. Here we go. Friend, imagine how great it would feel to launch your next marketing project feeling confident it's going to work. Stop. Two things. <laughs> Two things. Yeah, That's this is going to take forever, yeah. guys. <laughs> Welcome to our lives. JJ has a four o'clock yeah. meeting. Yeah. We, we might gotta, have to flow yeah. through this. Yeah. Okay, so let's just stop. First of all, friend is going to be replaced with the, person, uh, the name, the person's, the person's name. Yeah. So hopefully you got their name. It already invites you to picture a future, yep. which is a psychological principle. It is what happens in story when you know that at the end of this, the guy might get the girl or the girl might get the raise or the mm -hmm. team might win the basketball game. They have you foreshadow a climactic scene. So now let's get into this. Imagine how great it would feel. We have to stop again. <laughs> so yes. people we know, and we teach you this at our marketing workshop, people want to solve emotional problems more than they want to solve physical problems. Internal Another, problems. Internal problems, mm -hmm. right? The way problems are making you feel mm -hmm. is a greater trigger than the actual physical problem. So my leaky roof, Tyler actually rents a house from uh, Betsy and I for a minute until they get their <laughs> yeah. house because they just moved here, and he called in a leaky roof this weekend, so that's on my mind. <laughs> so what's frustrating about the leaky roof is not the leaky roof, it's the fact that, man, I've got tenants over there, and we just look really bad, and it's our marketing director, and I don't... It's yeah. the feeling yeah. that got me to pick up the phone and call within 30 seconds of me finding out. Yeah. If the house is going to be torn down because they're going to build a big house, and there's a leaky roof... I don't have any emotional problem with it. I'm not yeah. going to fix it. Yeah. So it's the emotion. So we've got to talk about our customers' feelings. Okay, imagine how great it would feel to launch your next marketing project. Now, again, we're envisioning a climactic scene, feeling confident it's going to work. So now mm -hmm. we actually put a foreshadowing on the climactic emotion mm -hmm. they will feel if and that identity. works. And identity. 
we're calling them to an identity of confidence, that they will be That's a right. confident person. That's right. And so that is in one freaking sentence mm-hmm. of this email. All right. And then after that sentence, Tyler. <laughs> after that, you wrote an email and people responded. You tweaked your website and leads went up. You re-engineered your sales pitch and exceeded this month's goals. All right, we got to stop there. <laughs> Three times, we basically painted a climactic scene mm-hmm. and then painted it in colors. Yep. I mean, we just colorized it in three separate yep. sentences. So we painted a climactic scene that hit on emotion and then said, it can look like this, it can look like this, and it can look like yeah. this. Which Your comes life. out of the success bucket of the framework, which we talk about. That's right. We'll talk about it in a different podcast, but that's where that comes from. This is not a formula for writing an email. What it is, it's a jazz sort of exercise in the seven-part framework. Yep. So the seven-part framework are seven notes. Yep. And this is just one of those notes that we hit on. We could have gone the opposite way. We could have gone failure, failure. here. Mm-hmm. We could have immediately started with a call to action. We could, yep. There's a bunch of things we could do. But we went, let's show imagine, them a vision. Of the you climax. could have said the opposite. Imagine the feeling when you've worked yeah. so hard on a product and you launch it and your emails don't work and you're having a hard you time You and I know the feeling of. Yes. Right? Now that's just taking the note of failure and putting in this instead of starting with success. But we really find a lot of times for us that we like to start with success, identity, overcoming internal problem, casting a vision towards the future. Yeah. We did all of that. We pulled from four different sections of the brand script essentially in the first few sentences. Yep. Okay, so we've got through that. We are now through 4% of this email. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to be able to get through the whole thing. Okay, Tyler, go. Yeah, so we framed it up. We've talked about we know our customers want to feel confident. These are the very tangible things they want to do and have it work. And so now we get into the point where we actually name the product that we are going to call them to action for. Yep. So the next sentence is, however you bring in revenue, the online version of the Story Brand Marketing course can help you do it faster and more easily than you are now. Okay, I love however you bring in revenue. And here's where that sentence comes in. People always ask us, yeah, but will it work for me? Yep. And we had to overcome that resistance right away. It works for anybody who uses words to sell things, which is everybody, Yep. right? And so we got that. And then we mentioned the product, but it wasn't until we gave them a vision of what their life could look like that the product even mattered. Yep. And so here's the mistake that so many people make. They'll email and they'll say, we're having a sale on garden supplies this week. Yep. Now, if you say we're having a sale on garden supplies this week, that's interesting. But if you say, every one of us wants to have our best season ever out in the garden. Yes. We can't wait to eat those amazing tomatoes and sit out in a lawn chair and look at those beautiful flowers. Yeah. We are having a sale on garden supplies. Yes. Who sells more garden supplies? Person number two. Yep. Yeah. And think about it. The challenger brings in a unique perspective. Yeah. They show somebody what their life can look like. All right. Tyler, keep going. (laughs) All right. We've introduced the product. Next sentence, but it can't help you unless you take the first step and make the investment. And today's your last chance. There's the call to action <laughs> yes. that is direct. Now, the whole thing is really a call to action. Yeah. I mean, that's what this whole sales pitch is. And by the way, when somebody gets a sales email from you, here's what they're saying. Pitch me. Yeah. You think they're saying, be nice to me or let's be friends. You will fail. Yeah. If they open that email and they know it's a sales email, they are saying, all right, and they're folding their arms yep. and they're saying, pitch me. Yep, I dare and you. you. I dare you. Yeah. You couldn't sell it to, oh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Really? 50% yeah. off garden supply. Yeah. Ooh, those tomatoes sound good yeah. on a pizza. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's just like you're on whatever, Shark Tank, 
Yeah. You don't come up and go, hey, before we get started, let's just get to know each other a little yeah. bit. Damon, I know that you love, you know, soccer Mm-mm. or whatever. No, that's not how mm-hmm. it works. Tyler, could you read that again? Because I think yeah. this is the point of this episode is the call, call to action. Even though we're talking about a bunch, of, a bunch of other stuff. But this part is just, it's so important to just lay it on the table. Yeah. And this yeah. is going back to just a little bit of the indirect versus direct communication. Kierkegaard would say, if somebody's in the middle of the road and about to be hit by a bus, you don't tell a story, right? You get to the point and you go, get out. Like you call to action. You have to, there are moments that, yes, now if I want to convince like a child to not go into the street ahead of time, we may tell a story and we may get into it. But in that moment, when there is something to be won or lost in the moment, you don't do an artful story. Mm-hmm. There is no secret, he says. There is no secret in direct communication. So you just get right to the point. And so there comes a point in the story where those two things work together, indirect and direct. We've been kind of giving some indirect storytelling, and there comes a moment when there is something to be won or lost in this. Yeah. And in order to show that that is something that you will win or lose with action, you have to call directly to action. One of the reasons that a call to action works is because you have told the story. So yes. if I'm a coach... I want to tell stories all the time of yep. championship teams who didn't think they could do it, but they did it. Yeah. And then at some point, I'm going to have to say, you guys, we are going to be one of those teams. Here's yep. what we're going to do. We're going to do full court press tonight, and it, there's the direct call yep. to action. But it works because we painted this really great picture. Yeah. yeah. So and could it, you read that? Yeah. Just read that Absolutely. again. Absolutely. And it's worth noting, guys, that a lot of businesses get it right up until this point. Ooh, they're good at listening to their customers. They know the problems they're experiencing. They know they have a good product that they are positioning as a solution to that problem, but then they just water it down a little bit right here. You yep. know, if you're in the market or like, please consider us as an option, this is where we want to be really clear, really direct and say, if you want to solve those problems that our product is the solution for, this is the only way you can do it. That's You've right. got to take action. Yep. So I'll read the sentence again of how we worded it, but it can't help you unless you take the first step and make the investment. And today's your last chance. There it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then right under that, actually visibly in the email, are the number of days, hours, minutes, and seconds you have left to place your order. Yep. Because the clock is expiring. It's right there. And today's your last chance. So it's a direct call to action. And then visually in the email, you've got a picture of what the course looks like. So you can watch it on your iPad. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your laptop. And you get a workbook. Those are all visibly demonstrated with very obvious buttons. One that says, get the course and one that says call now, and it has our phone number on it. So it's really direct call to action, your time is running out, here's what the course looks like, and direct call to action, all in three inches of digital space. Mm -hmm. And then you get that first button with a good, strong action word, get the course. Don't leave anything vague. You know, we're not going to say unlock clarity or anything like that. No. It's it's get the course. Tyler, I'm so glad you said that, (laughs) because that is a bad call to action. Will you say that again? We're not going to say what? Unlock clarity. What in the heck is that? You yelled at me so bad when I proposed that. (laughs) Did you really do that? No. I was like, I don't remember yelling. (laughs) Like, we would have fired you. That literally would have been. not have. No, but I mean, it's, you know, for us right here, it's get the course, but for other businesses, it may be buy now, subscribe now, That's schedule right. an appointment. Call There's, now. Hey, just, Call you know, now. we like yeah. the word Git, and it's because yeah. Git performs very well, and I think the reason is Apple started using it. Mm. And so now we're all Git the song, right, or Git the movie, because in your iTunes it says Git. And so it suddenly made the word Git perform well. So there's a free piece of advice for you. Yeah. That really could be the end of the email, but we kept going. And so read the next two 
paragraphs, and we'll let you go. I promise you sure. won't interrupt. Yeah, so after the button, Alan Reed made the investment. So now we're about to get into a story of someone right. who's used the product. Here's indirect, JJ. It's going yes. back yeah. and forth between yep. direct and indirect. So Alan Reed made the investment. He's a dairy farmer in Idaho. He got the online course because his conversion rates were slipping, and it was keeping him up at night. In his words, he knew he had to find something that would bring life back into our marketing. And that's in quotes. He that's wanted something quotes. that would bring life back to our marketing. Using the story brand framework, he learned in the course, he wrote a promotion to sell coupon books. The result was astounding. Instead of selling $3,000 worth of coupon books like usual, he sold $52,000 worth of coupon books. He had to call in the neighbors to help him handle all the sales. <laughs> I remember when that happened. Yes. But Alan is great. He's got a dairy farm. And he has amazing ice cream. It, yeah. And he actually sent us some ice yes. cream. Uh, but then there's actually a video with a button that you click Alan's face and he'll actually visually tell you yeah. what happened. And so we're throwing different kind of media and different kind of storytelling. But, you know, the testimony didn't matter until we knew the stakes. Yep. We knew this is what your life can look like. We knew the product that could change your life. And we asked you to buy it. It's not a PS. We have a specific PS at the bottom. But it's almost like this is icing on the cake. Yeah. Hey, here's somebody else who's done it. And so there's some social proof. Well, and it's there. a little bit like we talk about this in the course is that there's a direct call to action and a transitional call to action. Right. So. The direct call being like, get the course or call now, right? Well, what if somebody's not quite ready? The first assumption right, is right. they're going to respond and they're going to say yes. So I ask somebody out on a date and they say yes. But there are a few people who are not quite ready to say yes. And so we give them that transitional call, which, which is, is a video. riding bike by their house. Yes, <laughs> stalking them <laughs> over and over. No, it's giving them life. something else to kind of continue the relationship, yeah. right? You might be dropping off a flower or a note kind of thing just right. to engage. And so that's what the video is. And, you know, we talk about relationship working in three stages, curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment. And those three stages can't be ignored. People yes. get curious about you. Then they're enlightened and figure out you're a good person, and then they commit to you. That's in business and romance and everything. But even in dating, every guy knows that, okay, you know, she's like, oh, I'm not really there right now. You need to just be a gentleman, and yep. you don't need to be a stalker. Just don't take yourself out of the game. I hate this. I hate yeah. giving this kind of advice because it sounds so Yeah, it shallow. sounds weird and everything. But, but at the same time, it is that bringing flowers. Now you're doing the indirect of that sort of thing. And yep. there are millions, if not hundreds of millions of men out there who would say, that's exactly what happened in yeah, my yeah. relationship. right? And so you want to stay in there and keep giving indirect communication about how somebody's life can be actually different. All right, Tyler. So we've had the video. We saw Alan Reed's story. So now what we're going to do, and I'm just going to frame it up again really quick, is if you know your customer, it's good at this point maybe to think about those barriers to them making a purchase or to engaging with your brand. And for us, we know it's a big investment to buy the online course. And one of the fears is I'm going to buy this course. I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to go through it myself, maybe in my home or my place of work. How am I going to know if I'm doing it right? If I click buy and no one's right there to hold my hand, how will I know that I'm doing it right? So we know that that's something that's on our customer's mind. So we speak to that in the next paragraph and it starts like this. Now it's your chance to get results like that, but it's almost gone. You've got to sign up today while public registration is still open. Plus, you'll get a free one-on-one -on -one coaching call that will help you tie up loose ends as you implement what you learn in the course. That paragraph did two things. It ramped up the urgency. Mm -hmm. Your time is running out yep. and it offered a bonus. Yep. Yep. So it sweetened the deal a little bit. And then there's an actual picture of a call with a story brand expert, which visually has done incredibly well. And then 
We can read the final little sentence here. Yeah, final sentence. I can't wait to help you like we've helped so many other companies and nonprofits. The story brand process works, I promise. And then again, bright green buttons, get the course, call now. Two different ways to, to take action. Um, so one more really strong call to action at the end of the email That's as right. Well. So the actual direct call to action in visual form yeah. is repeated twice. And this is, to your success, Donald Miller, CEO of StoryBrand. P.S., Remember, there's a full money-back guarantee. So we take away the risk, yep. and then you've got 30 days to try the course for yourself. There's no risk to you at all. One of the reasons we include a PS is because we've understood that some people only read the PS. PS actually means postscript, and it makes no sense in the digital age. Yeah. Postscript <laughs> means I wrote this whole thing with my hand, and I made some mistakes, so here are the mistakes that I made. Yeah. But in the digital age, you just go back and edit it. Yeah. But PS has stayed as a traditional you know, thing you put in a letter. Yeah. As almost like an afterthought. It's the only thing some people read. Yeah. That letter right there, in the context of an overall campaign that was very expensive and took a long time, that letter brought in, geez, I don't know, a lot of orders. Yeah. And the reason is, I think, many things that we talked about, but one of the main reasons is the call to action was extremely clear. Yep. It was crystal clear. Whoever reads this email knows exactly what we want you to do. And it's the sort of emails that you need to write and send to your customers in order to get a response. And don't be afraid. I would say if you saw this, especially out of context, you might think, well, that's pretty bold. Like to say, this is going to solve your problem and you have to act now. That it's like, it does that feel a little mattressy side right. in half? It's not. We've had thousands of people come see us at our yeah. marketing workshop. I've yet to meet the person who oversells. Yeah. I've yet to meet them. They all have the exact same problem. And it's the same problem that you and I might struggle with. Yeah. It's that we don't want to come off as the harassing salesperson. Yeah. And because we don't, it's so easy to cross that line and be yes. the passive person who just sounds like they don't believe in their product. And when you do that, people are going to like you, but you're probably not going to get results. You're going to be in that 4%. <laughs> yeah. That would be another survey exactly. to send out people and say, might okay, like who you. do you like more, the relationship builder or, or the, the challenger. challenger? And I bet the numbers would be way more even. Yeah. I don't think people dislike the challenger, but I bet they really yeah. like the relationship builder. But at the same time, they would say, I really like that sales rep. We yeah. don't actually need what they're selling right now, but yeah. I really like, I like them. them. Yeah. And the challenger is going to be like, yeah, we literally yep. have to do that. Our story is not going to change until we step into the story that they're directing us into. Yep. And that's different. Tyler, one of the more valuable podcasts we've ever done. And I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> then fantastic job, not only helping write this email, but choosing one that we could parse and one that clearly hit the ball over the fence. This is stuff that I just wish I'd known 10 years ago. Yeah. I have so many friends who are artists who sell records, who sell books, who sell paintings and those mm -hmm. kinds of things. They are especially bad at this yes. because they want people to think they're a genius and like their work. Yeah. And then they're frustrated and upset when nobody buys their work. Yep. And I would just say to them, you never sold it. And you actually look at people like Banksy mm -hmm. and people like Warhol, people like James Patterson, who I think is a great storyteller and artist. They're out there selling their stuff, man. Yeah. They're saying, you need this. You need this for your house. You need this to be entertained. Or they know how to get it, bring attention to themselves. Yep. If you want to be successful, you got to figure out how to do it. And you got to get over the idea that anybody's going to disrespect you or not like you or think less of you because it happened. Yeah. I remember when I first went from writing memoir to writing business books and doing this pivot, I got so much pushback early on. And it was amazing to me that people didn't realize I was doing this all along. How do you think you sell 1.5 million books? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, really? Yeah. I'm doing book tours and I'm sending yeah. out emails. That's how we're actually yeah. doing this. And you just have to create like an artist and sail like a salesman. Yeah. And that's the key to success. And those yep. are the people who, in longevity, that we remember them the most. And I hope that everybody listening becomes that kind of person. Okay, I'm going to practice what I preach. 
We are opening up. I'm deciding to do this. So <laughs> Storybrand.com slash online. If we're going to open up this course that teaches you the framework that you can use to write things like this, yeah. uh, you just need to click request an invite. Go to Storybrand.com slash online. It's Storybrand.com slash online. Get it today and learn to play this kind of music because this is the sort of music people actually respond to. Okay, the yeah. one thing Go. everybody needs to do. Yes. I'm going to give you two. <gasps> Yeah, it's a bonus, bonus episode. It's a bonus episode. Maybe you should save that for the PS. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that, JJ, because here's what I think you should do. Take every sales email that you have mm-hmm. and add a PS, and in the PS, do a crystal clear direct call to action. Yes. If you can, add a bonus in the PS and watch what happens to your sales. If you don't have a PS in your email, put a PS. Now, a lot of you are saying, Don, I don't even have emails yet. Okay, well, start there. let's start there. <laughs> yeah. Let's start writing email. Yeah. Here's the thing that you can do if you don't have emails. In the top right corner of your website, put a buy now button and make it the obvious button to press, make it a different color, put a whatever, a box around it, whatever you need to do. The eye goes from top left to top right, you know, scrolls across the middle sort of diagonally yeah. and then makes a Z pattern across the bottom. Just draw a Z on your laptop and that's what the eye does. It bounces off that top right. That's your dominant real estate. You need buy now or schedule an appointment. Call, whatever the direct call. Do not you. say get started. Yep. Do yep. not say learn more. That is passive Not learn language. more, get more info, none of that. I don't know what get started and learn yep. more mean, really. I mean, call I mean, now, buy now, schedule an appointment, whatever it is that you want them to do next. Get the get course. Get the course, schedule an appointment. Schedule appointment. All right, so add PSs to your emails. Yep. Put a button in the top right. If you can, repeat that button down the page. Do yep. that too. But that's going to make you guys some money. Just that advice will make you enough money to buy our course. Spend the money on storybrand.com slash online and request an invite. Tyler, congratulations. Guys, thank you so I much for having me. I think we have to me. have you back. Please. This I was a it. success. I will read emails out loud to you guys <laughs> anytime. All right. This has been a terrific episode. Both of you guys were great. I think it's one of our more practical episodes, period, that is going to help people make money. Listen, we did this whole thing by reading a letter that sells an online workshop that is not available. If you want it, if you're listening to this, we can sneak you in. Go to storybrand.com slash online and hit request an invite. You're going to get a series of emails that actually open up the cart, if you will, for 48 hours, and you can get into the online workshop and get the very thing that we just pitched. If you want it, it's fantastic. I don't know how many thousands of people have gone through it, but it's terrific. It will also really help you understand, not just in writing form like the book does, but me actually teaching on a stage the concepts and interacting with the concepts so that you can actually understand. You know, I find that if I read a book, I understand a percentage of the ideas. If I watch a lecture, I understand incrementally more. And of course, every bit of that, those ideas make me more money. So if you want to get that, go to storybrand.com slash online and hit the button that says request an invite. Also, if you want the book, it's called Building a Story Brand. Get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. We can't wait till next week. We're actually going to talk about failure. That is, you have to tell people what negative thing is going to happen if they don't buy your product. Otherwise, they won't. And there's a story reason for this, and it's this. If there are no stakes, there is no story. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.